Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, rodeo clowns and Western movies. And I stood on top of my clown barrel while the bullfighters brought the bull over to my clown barrel as fast as they could. And I jumped over the bull while he ran past me. So only thing I'm thinking is jump as high as you can and run as fast as you can. And actually the bucket bull industry is so big they're a bull uh sold at the um there's just a huge um bucking bull sale in las vegas every year and a bull sold there he was a two-year-old bull he's never had a cowboy on his back but he sold for 1.2 million dollars i want to thank you so much for joining us if you get a chance like download subscribe share We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So our first guest travels all over North America, entertaining crowds and protecting cowboys. And he has some fascinating stories about what it's like to face off against a 2,500-pound bull, how you can keep crowds entertained, and where you can find the best rodeos in the world. This is rodeo clown and entertainer, Brinson James. Was this something that you always wanted to do, or was this something that just happened? Um, no, it was definitely something I've always wanted to do. My uh, my dad uh, was also a rodeo clown growing up, so I don't know if it was something that I always wanted to do or it was something I had to do. It was kind of in my blood then. We, we I was born to do it. What do you like the most about it? Um, to travel and meeting all new people and making new friends. But the, my biggest thing is I love to go out and make new friends and have fun in different places. And with this job, you only only get to work in you know, two hours uh, uh, every Friday and Saturday usually, or sometimes we have you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday events, sometimes like that. But you only get to work two hours a day. So throughout the rest of the day, we got to do something fun. So that's my excuse to get out. And you know, it's almost like a vacation, but you're getting paid as well. Can this be a full-time living? It is. So actually, this is my full-time job. Um, since COVID, I had to uh, do a couple little small jobs here around the house, but they're uh, actually... Uh, I'm quitting those because it's coming back to rodeo season and bull riding time because uh, all, almost all year people ask, you know, does rodeo or, or bull ridings have a season? And it actually is nonstop all year long. Um, wintertime, we just go indoors. Are you pretty much guaranteed to get hurt in some way? Maybe not rush to the hospital, go to the doctor kind of hurt, but are you going to get hurt pretty much every rodeo? Well, me, my job... There, so there, the, the, the job of the rodeo clown 20 years ago, 30 years ago, was a real big job because they had to be funny, tell jokes, do comedy acts throughout the whole rodeo. And then when it came down time for the bull riding, they put on the pads and they were serious and they protected the cowboys once they fell off the bull. 
And that was the, the job of the rodeo clown throughout the whole rodeo for a long time. But now, since probably you know, the uh, later 90s, um, early 2000s, it's really split to two different jobs. You have your crazy daredevil that are just looking for that high energy bullfighters that will are absolutely nuts. They put on the pads and they'll they're cowboy bodyguards. They will literally jump on a bull's head to save another cowboy. Or and then you have your rodeo entertainers, which can be funny, can talk on a microphone, can uh, you know handle a crowd, can keep a, keep a crowd you know you know busy you know when something goes on and stuff like that. So it's really split to two jobs because some people can't be funny and some people aren't daredevils. So that so I've really split and get to the funny side. Just because, really, they get paid a lot more. They do, and it, it, which is which is crazy. Someone who risks their life by putting on pads and protecting another human being gets paid way less than the guy that's out there just picking his butt and making fun. Now, did you start out kind of doing the the more kind of rodeo bullfight, get in the way of the bull stuff, and then say like, no way, this is my dad did. My dad was a, a rodeo clown. My dad was the rodeo clown that did both back in the day before i was born he was the comedy clown did all types of jokes acts but then when it came down to bullfighting he put on the pads and protect the cowboys but then once i was born uh he really started to move away from that aspect of protecting the cowboys and just really became more of a comedy clown and pushed me in that direction as well because again you can't make a really a, a super great living on protecting cowboys, you're guaranteed, just like you're going to say, it's guaranteed to get hurt every single rodeo almost. When you're clown, you're way out there in the arena. You're either up on the fence. You're in the crowd having fun. It's a t- two, two totally different jobs now that I-, I can step around a bull every now and then. I've done it just to say I've done it, but I like to stay out there with all the rest of the people and have fun. So like when you go to a rodeo, what's kind of like your staple of – like what is the road? What what are you doing as an entertainer when you get yeah, there? Yeah, so my uh, shtick, my my kind of style is a little bit different than everybody else's. I really like to keep a high energy. I, I love to go up in the crowd and have fun with the crowd and get everybody on the edge of their seat because these bull riders and bullfighters that I've been out there and watching and, and part of the event, they've told me before, hey man, when you get the crowd to scream and and are cheering at the top of their lungs, it feels like I can do anything. The bull riders tell me that. It feels like they can ride, you know, any bull or any animal that is possible. So that's where I really kind of am trying to fit in, is I'm just trying to get that crowd up to the higher energy where we can see some awesome bull rides or some awesome horse riding, whatever we, or event we're having in the rodeo. And so I come out there and just have a more of a, a you know, high energy dance. I do a lot of dancing. I am big, big with dancing. I love music. So that's pretty much my thing is we go out there, have fun, get them clapping, get them dancing and make sure everybody is going to dang sure have a good time when they come to the show. Okay. But tell the truth, tell the Got truth, it. the guys, the, 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 the rodeo guys who are out there scaring away the bull. Do they look at you like, look at this that guy. guy just jumping around. This guy. Right. Is, is, is there any, is there any on animosity there? Is there any kind of like, Right, me and the bullfighters are usually we are the best of buds, but there is a little spot where they don't like to. So bullfighters and the the new age bullfighters now that are taking it seriously because they're an action sport and they're protecting lives, they don't like to be called the rodeo clown. 
So, oh. so, so just your, your town folks and people that are just coming that aren't your normal people that see rodeo all the time, they go, oh, look, there's a rodeo clown. There's a rodeo clown. And they, these guys are, they're pretty much action sports. You know, I mean, they're, they're crazy enough to, to jump in front of these wild animals. So they don't really fit, see themselves as being a rodeo clown. So they kind of, yeah, and uh, I'll make fun of them. Yeah, he's the clown, all right. So yeah, there's a there's a little bit of, <laughs> of back and forth there, but yeah, no, we're usually best of buds and and mostly helping each other out. Actually, uh, last weekend I was in uh, Tennessee at a ro- at a, a rodeo, and I stood on top of my clown barrel while the bullfighters brought the bull over to my clown barrel as fast as they could, and I jumped over the bull while he ran past me. So we're kind of a tag team, and all of us working together. But yeah, no, it's almost like a big team out there. What's that like when you got a bull? Which I'm gonna just gonna throw out a number. Right? Correct me. Two thousand pounds. Twenty five hundred is usually running. Yeah, Twenty five hundred is usually those the nice big ones that they, they want at those rodeos. The smallest that you'll ever see at a, at a, a rodeo or bull riding is maybe eighteen hundred. And yeah, no. So only thing I'm yeah, thinking that- is jump as high as you can and run as fast as you can. It's it's no yeah no it's only instinct kicks in and only because I've been around it my whole life and I kind of I've seen the professionals do it I've seen everybody that that all growing up and I kind of know the gist of how to get around the the animals so I kind of trust myself and I trust the uh, bullfighters and my friends that are in the arena also to get my back just in case something goes wrong. What would you say to somebody who says like, look, this is abusing the animals? This is taking advantage of them. This isn't something that should be happening. What, for your, from your perspective as somebody who is there, what would be your response to that? Yeah, so a lot of times at the rodeos, people come up and are asking those things or confronting us with, with information. And a lot of the information is false just because they were fed wrong information. Lots of people think that, we uh, tie something around their testosterone-producing anatomy, and that is the farthest from the truth. We could we couldn't. First off, gentlemen that are listening in, if yours were tied, would you want to run, jump, and buck? No. In the horse riding, a lot of the horses that we buck in rodeo are female. These horses are, or horses and bulls that are in uh, the rodeo world, are worth a lot, a lot of money. They're, and they're bred to be buckers. They're bred to be just like the racehorse business, how his his dad was a racehorse, his mom was a racehorse. So his the whole racehorse DNA, it's bred to run fast. These bulls are the exact same way. His dad was a bucking bull, his granddad was a bucking bull, and his great-great-granddad was a bucking bull. And his mom bucked also. So it's all bloodlines. They're all worth a lot of money so if you hurt one of these animals where they don't want to buck that's actually money coming out of you know the owner's pocket because he's um taking that bull you know to different rodeos or bull ridings across the country and making money whenever he bucks and stuff like that they get an, an out fee and if they buck the guy off sometimes they get even more money so it's all about how much money these bulls can make for their owners and it's a big big business right now a lot of uh, retired bull riders that are you know just getting out of game a little bit are still staying in the whole rodeo and bull riding world by owning buck and bulls and growing the buck and bull industry and actually the buck and bull industry 
is so big. They're a bull uh, sold at the, um, there's this huge um, bucking bull sale in Las Vegas every year. The last one that they had, I was in the uh, 2019, I do believe, and a bull sold there. He was a two-year-old bull. He's never had a cowboy on his back, but he sold for $1.2 million. He's never, You're never had me. a cowboy on his back. And that, and so, and they don't only, they wait till three years old until they, uh, buck bulls with cowboys on their back. They're all still a little too young before then. So it's all about that. Now he, since he bucked so good and he won the award and he, they sold him for that much money. Now he can produce a lot more bucking bulls and make so much more money off of him. So it's a huge, huge business. And when you're going with huge, huge money, there's no way we can, just maybe accidentally hurt these animals where it, it can't happen like that. Cause that's the biggest thing is we protect these animals. We feed them the best feed that they, they got. We uh, take care of them with the trailers and that are uh, the top, the top uh, trailers that are going, you know, they're all up to par with everything that they have to be. Um, there's always uh, veterinarians there at the event, checking out the animals before and after it's a, a big, big thing. Cause of course, um, a lot of people think that uh, we injure these animals, but when some people says, oh, you're you're hurting him by poking him with a stick to getting them to go through the gates. He just got kicked by another bull back there. There's no there's no way I could do any type of swinging of a bat to hit this bull that would compare to this other bull hooking him with another horn. So, I mean, there's. It, them just traveling it or standing in a pen together is way more of a, you know, they get battled around way more than anything we could ever do. I honestly, when you said how much that bull sold for, I was thinking like, all right, it's going to be like 15 grand. Yeah, so, it's going to be like 20 so that, grand, which I would have thought that's the, a lot. The money. normal bulls at the lower end, just if you go down the road and check out your local rodeo, the, those bulls average, if you're just selling them to other rodeo places around, 10 to 10,000, 9,000, 15. The, the good ones. Of course, you, you want bulls that jump, buck, kick, spin, and that are hard to ride. And the harder they ride, the more money they cost. So, yeah, so, but those, some of them that are up there in the PBR that are on TV right now, they're making a good bit of money traveling around with four or five bulls, and they're traveling all around the country making money with these animals. So, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. And it's a big, big industry that is just keeps, keeps growing. Do you think like, could you ever see yourself not doing this, right? Is this like, is this the kind of, is this like a phase job, right? Like you're going to do this for five, 10 years, you're going to do something. Um, I, I don't think so. Just because it's so much in uh, my blood now of I've been grown up with it. I've literally just eat, sleep, breathe rodeo because we were on the road um, traveling from rodeo to rodeo growing up, we didn't really have a home. We just traveled to rodeo to rodeo. So it's something that I think about all the time. And it's something that, and I love being in front of people and entertaining too. That's my biggest thing is I love make, making people laugh. I used to get in trouble in school being the class clown, but take that teachers. I'm getting paid at it now. When, you know, you, you mentioned like a mascot and I'm kind of thinking, give me some perspective in this, right? Like I've been to sporting events and yeah, there's a mascot there. He's, he's over there doing something, yeah. right? But when you do a rodeo, are people like proportionately paying more attention to you than somebody like myself would be paying attention to the mascot at like 
a pro sports game. I do believe so. Right? Are you more in? I, are you more involved in the overall? show? I am. Uh, I just because I'm center stage for two hours. I'm right in front of you. There's nothing else to look at except for the eight seconds while a bull riding is going on. We're t- our action and our eyes turn to the buck and shoots and we watch the action. Then after that, we have about two minutes of downtime. And that's why the, I'm getting paid to come to the event. I feel the lulls of the performance. Whenever we're going down and, and a bull lays down or something like that, I step out there right in the middle of the arena and take control of and, and take time, you know, either with dancing, with jokes, with an act. I trick rope with lassoes. I crack whips and do tricks. And so I just, and that's my thing is to distract people from actually what's going on while we can get some stuff done and then keep the flow of the show going. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Let's do it. Okay. So obviously all the rodeos you go to are great. They're all fantastic. Which is the, which is the one that you're like, man. Ooh, I got I gotta have it tonight. Okay. This is this yeah. is the I got rodeo. You one. I got you one. So yes, just like you said, I love every rodeo. I love every event I go to. I don't think I have a, a, a worse one. But there is one that if you love rodeo or you love action sports, you just need to go to Quebec, Canada. There's a little bitty small town that is called Saint Tiet, Quebec. It's, uh, I think, probably three hours north of the border. And it's a small town that has a population of 1,200 people. But when a festival, it's called Festival Western de Saint-Tit. And it's all French because uh, Quebec is all French. And it's 10 days long and 800,000 people come through this small town of 1200 people for a festival and it's a 10 day rodeo every night. Well, there's no hotels in this town. So that many people flow through this town and stay in their campers in tents, in their horse trailers, and they completely sell out every yard, every backyard, every side yard, every parking lot, in a 10 mile radius of this town and literally they have an 8,000 seat stadium right in the middle of the town and they only have a rodeo there once a year it's every september and it's amazing there's no energy like show there's no show in the whole world that can match the energy of this show just because everybody in that culture are very outgoing they want to do more they're larger than life they're drinking that's another thing they love to drink out there yeah Yeah. and so and literally so usually the the more the lower times of the event you know the the boring types of uh, times of the uh, show is when we take the tractor out there and we drag the arena real fast well not here literally the guy says on the microphone in French, who knows exactly what he's saying, but he says something like, all right, everybody stand up. Let's go. Let's have some fun. And 8,000 people stand up and start stomping their feet. And it's a tin built building and the whole building starts to rattle. And I just go out there and I dance for two minutes while that tractor drags and they play fireball. 
and it's high energetic people are screaming dancing literally right before the show i go out there before we have any type of rodeo events i go out there just before we start the event and i walk out there and i ask them to clap their hands by no microphone i don't have a microphone i don't speak french so i just walk in the middle and i just kind of give a hand signal of please clap your hands and eight thousand people clap their hands immediately and then i'll stop them just by putting a hand up and then i start stomping my feet in the middle of the arena and then eight thousand people just stomp their feet they're just so responsive so i've worked quite a bit uh, all, all over the world australia can canada new mexico mexico uh, the, i mean it's been quite a bit all over the place and there's not one venue or event that i could even come close to this one in canada that's crazy that's cool like i want to go was, there that sounds it, like a great it's amazing time. it's absolutely amazing please check it out on youtube it's a festival western to saint tit they have some a crazy crazy new events that they added to rodeo and they actually have so in western canada is the calgary stampede which is the largest outdoor show on earth literally it's huge 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 uh, rodeo um 30, people are sitting in the stands looking at the rodeo actually and it is it's one of the best rodeos in the world but still the energy doesn't compare to eastern canada at the saint teat french show it's absolutely crazy just check it out on uh, the videos it's amazing best rodeo song best rodeo song so there's a couple different ones if you if so rodeo song i for me i kind of feel like i've been everywhere man i've mm. been everywhere man because rodeos are everywhere and, and yeah. especially for me when i think about it i'm i'm traveling every single week and seeing someplace new and i'm on the rodeo trail and that's kind of something for me is on the rodeo trail and you're on the road i mean on the road again of course that's another good one but but so now it's kind of it's kind of new we changed it up and we're trying to get away from the country at a lot of these shows now they're trying to the pbr the professional bull riders they rarely ever play country music now it's like a rock concert with some bulls involved it's really crazy so um we do a lot of you know hardcore rock and roll a lot of a lot of rap but there's not there's one song that we play almost at every rodeo and it brings everybody together and i pre pretty much i think it brings the whole event together and it's journey don't stop believing oh it's, it's such it's, oh, yeah. it's such the classic that it brings everybody together yeah. and we're all you know what i mean it, 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 you're just you're all together as one and yeah yeah, you see it right now. You know you're right. Yeah. Is. You can't. You can't help yeah. it. It's living in the love. Yeah, so we do it, we do it about every, uh, almost every show, and, and that's the one of our highlights of the event. We do a sing-along and get the whole crowd on it, and when there's 10,000 people singing, it, it's there's no there's no show like it. Scariest bull that you've ever seen? So I've had a, quite a few instances with some bulls and some scariness in the years so uh the first thing that jumps to my mind every bull is scary i mean every bull it can get you down and hurt you really bad but um when i was 18 years old um we were in boston massachusetts at a, a rodeo and my dad and i were a rodeo clown team all growing up and uh we were there working a show together 
and this bull uh, ran out to the middle of the arena. The cowboy fell off immediately and then kind of made a lap around the arena. Well, when he kind of came over by us, I jumped up the fence, and my dad did the same, but he didn't get up high enough. And he hooked his legs out from underneath him, and he went down on the ground, and the bull kind of you know, hooked him on the ground a little bit. And when the bull went to leave, it wasn't like he was just super mean, but he put his head in the right spot, and he actually put his horn through my dad's pocket of his rodeo clown pants. So the horn just stabbed right through the pocket, and my dad's rodeo clown baggies, which are the bigger, you know, big uh, size yeah, baggies, yeah. were hooked to his head, and my dad was hooked to this bull's head for 40 seconds. And I, wow. I, I, was, I was there, I was 18, and what do you do? It's, it's, there's nothing you can really can do. He was hooked to his head. His pants um, finally came off. Uh, his shoes popped off. And after 40 seconds, he uh, crawled over to the fence, and his left shoulder was dislocated, and his uh, right foot was broken, or his ankle, and his uh, foot was kind of looking over there to the neighbors. So, I mean, it, the bull uh, then ran out, and they had to actually unwrap the pants off of the bull's head. It was wrapped around the horn so tight. And, I mean, if that was just the first you know, bull that – stands out in my mind you know what i mean to wreck out your dad when you get obviously like you can't get inside the animal's head but like the bull is is the bull trying to hurt people or is the bull just like look trying to course, yeah. get away from me and i happen to be a 2500 pound animal and my little nudge is going to send you across the arena so just like uh people they some people are you know have a good attitude some people have a bad attitude some people have good days some people have bad days these bulls are exactly the same. A lot of them, you can get back there in the pens with them and scratch them on the back. Or when they come by the fence, you can rub on them and stuff like that. They're, they're not mean. They know it's their job to run, jump, and buck. And so when they get into the buck and shoot and they get the man on their back, they know it's time to do their job. And so they jump and buck. There is sometimes a couple that will, they've had a bad day. You know what I mean? And, and so they'll definitely, they're coming to try to get you. But usually we're working with some that are, you know, they're fine. They, they know it's their job to jump, buck, kick. As soon as the guy comes off, oh, we're okay. And it's time to leave. Well, it's interesting that they have such a personality, they right? Do, yeah. Best named bull. Oh, good one. I, or horse. I got, I, or good, horse, good. I guess. Best named bull I've ever heard. Um, he was from... I do believe he was from Wyoming, and it was out there at that bull bucking uh, co uh, contest that I told you about that had the million-dollar bull. Um, he didn't win, but his name was Hoof Hearted. Hoof Hearted. <laughs> it's like an equal mix of fantastic and terrible <laughs> at the same time, right? Maybe it's, it's, like, maybe it's because I'm a 13-year-old boy at heart. That That's why that was my favorite name, but... I mean, I think that's that's the first one that pops in my mind. It's definitely better than like the chief or something. You know what I mean? Like it, it sticks in your mind. Oh yeah, definitely. That, 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 that's a that's a great one. And then of course, I like it. The the best bull that uh, is still bucking and is in the PBR, the Professional Bull Riders. Um, his name is Airtime, and that bull can really get some airtime. He jumps super awesome. high. 
and when he kicks, his feet come almost directly above his head. So it's uh, it's a really well named bull, and uh, it definitely know what's going to happen if you draw that bull and you're getting on his back. Yeah, right. That's like that's you're in for a rough yeah, day. You're in for some air time. <laughs> Not like snookle. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the deal too. Is this is sweet. You don't want to go home and tell your girlfriend, "Hey, sorry, sweetie, I fell off a buttercup." <laughs> right, right, right. What'd you get? Last place, Buttercup. What me yeah, again? Yeah, like, no, yeah. You want to be something like you know. Um, more important to a cowboy, the belt buckle or the hat? Good question. Um, I think the belt buckle because yeah. the belt buckle is the trophy. The belt buckle says, "I'm better than you." And and that and that's and that's what it is is not your tractor supply belt buckle that you go buy on it that's got you know the, ho- the, right. the horse going through the open trail but the actual belt buckles that they've won is they're they're priceless to these cowboys and yeah you don't want to mess with a cowboy's hat either but these buckles are, are that's why they do it is they they want their name engraved in gold on a gold buckle that says that they're a world champion and that's that's the end goal to all these cowboys. But again, though, with a cowboy hat, you don't want to jack with a guy's cowboy hat, especially when we're out eating or dancing or hanging out afterwards. You know, that, that's fighting words. If you start jacking with a cowboy hat, those are, you know, they're expensive. Some cowboy hats are, you know, three, four, five hundred, six hundred, you know, bucks. They're worth a lot of money, and uh, and cowboys take it seriously. Like, when you're out there, like, what is, what is, what is your fear? What scares you? Um, okay, so there's a couple. Uh, the One of my biggest fears is for me not to be able to do my job properly. And so to not be able to, uh, you know, get the crowd's attention or fill, you know, a certain spot that needs to be filled. Uh, you know, if something were to happen with my microphone or have something were to happen with the you know, props and stuff like that. Of course, on my end, that's where, uh, you know, I'm always double checking and thinking about and stuff like that. But, um, of course, another thing too is, you know, you want to definitely end that night on a good note. So nobody getting hurt is, of course, the best outcome. Um, you're, you're fearful a little bit for your friends, but we know that these are all professionals, people that come to these games now and, and are playing a, playing a part of it, they're professionals and they know how to get out of it and get out of certain situations. So we do feel pretty comfortable in a lot of the crazy situations, but I think the biggest one is just you want to see everybody get out of there okay. Anything that you think we missed or what's coming up next for you? Um, so there's a bunch coming up now. I mean, it's really getting to uh, rodeo season. I mean, of course, the summertime is a little more jam-packed full of uh, events. So I'm uh, June. I'm actually every single weekend, uh, July. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we hop in uh, a little bitty Prius and we drive from Florida all the way to Gallup, New Mexico, for the first weekend of July. And we do a uh, Gallup, New Mexico, then on to um, Salt Lake City, Utah, and then back down to Texas, and then Louisiana after that. And so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, doing a lot more here in 2021 and um, ending the year on a good note because it's been a pretty low for the past year and i'm ready to uh, turn it turn it around and make it a uh, turn these frowns upside down it's rodeo season i want to thank brinson so much for joining us if you want to connect with him we have linked to him on our social media sites 
were profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram, and we have also included his information in the episode description. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. Do you feel like you're a manly man? I would say yes, but I'm the kind of manly man that is never successful at being a manly man, if that makes any sense. Like, if if my wife says, hey, go out there and build a shed like the neighbor just did, and he's out there sweating and his six-pack showing, there's going to be my lumpy ass out there, and I'm not going to be able to put anything together. But I'm going to try, which, in my opinion, makes me a manly man. Basically, you feel like you are more because of effort than because of actual results. You know, I look at, uh, like, you know, when you're weed uh, whacking, and you get those little nicks on your your shins or your your oh yeah you know like those are badges of pride. As where when I come in, my wife is like, "You're an idiot! Like, why didn't you put up the guard? You know, on the on the weed whacker?" And I'm like, "You don't do it, all right? You just you don't, don't do, it. do it. Look, so. if you don't get a slight injury while weed whacking, then you really haven't even been weed whacking. I'm not coming <laughs> in there with non bloody shins because that's just a signal to, that that I haven't tried." I actually almost took off my kid's face uh, uh, this past weekend, and I'm glad it didn't happen because it would have been really bad. What were you doing with a weed whacker that you almost killed your child? We we were outside, obviously, and I, I, I try to get yard work done, and I decided to do some weed whacking. And, sh- you know, she was over there. Next thing I know, like I turn around with the weed whacker, and she was right behind me. Number one, why are you just spinning around with a weed whacker? And while you spin around, you lift it to the height of someone's face. I, I'm pretty sure that my thought process was, let me just make sure that she's not running over here. Or let me make sure, you know, that she's still in the yard. And of course, you know, that's why I still had it going, obviously, because I'm like, I'm just going to do a quick look around. And then, of course, she was right there. And I am also a parent. People who are not parents may not be able to judge, but I'm 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 going to judge you pretty harshly on this one. Uh, number one, how, how old is this child? Uh, uh, we'll say like two and a half. Okay, she's obviously the, you live by a street. We do live by a street. Yes. How far away is the road? <laughs> I we were in the backyard though, so we weren't in the front yard. We were in the backyard. Is it fenced in? Is it fenced in? It, it is a fenced in yard. Yes. Completely fenced in, not like it's three quarters fenced in, but you pretty easily can get over the gate. No, no, it's completely fenced in. It's completely fenced. All right, that's legit. I wouldn't even been paying any attention to my child at all because, like, well, you can't escape the fence. <laughs> There's no pool. I, what are you gonna do? But also, dude, you don't turn around and then just swing. You don't turn and lift the weed whacker <laughs> up at the same time. Like that's I'll, just bad decision making on you. You you can turn, but you keep it low. I'll never do it again. I can tell you that. I, I, I learned my lesson, but almost at the expense of my kid. Man, how, especially a girl. Could you imagine being a 16-year-old girl with a giant scar on your face from your dad turning around with a weed whacker? No, uh, no, I couldn't. I mean, the the hatred she would grow up with yeah. towards me, uh, you know, you, it, it would just not you be good. Would, you would feel bad every single day of your life. I would not. You feel would very have. Good. You would have ruined her life in that one moment. I mean, you would. Have, you would have, yes, you would, because you would have given her a scar on her face, which would have fundamentally changed the direction of her life for the rest of her life. 
you would have ruined her life in that moment because you wanted to turn around with a weed whacker. <laughs> I hope saving that extra three seconds was worth it. I don't agree with your assessment there, but I, I will say that if I would have hit her with it, yes, it would have been terrible. <laughs> back to the original question. What do you think is the manliest thing that you do? <laughs> yeah, getting back to that. Um, yeah, I mean, once again, without without like getting sentimental and saying like taking care of my family and, you know, probably cleaning the toilet. You really get in there? Yeah. Do you I, use I, the brush I, or do you use like steel wool? No, I use the brush. Brush and lots yeah, of cleaner. That's not, no, no. No, using the brush is not manly. If you went in there with some hand with some steel wool and got your physical body, your skin within inches of all of that mess in the bowl, then I would give you extra credit for cleaning the toilet. Oh. But if you're using a brush and you're like a half a foot away, then I'm not giving you any extra credit for that. I mean, like you I'm gotta in get the in bowl. there. I, I'm not gonna use. I'm not gonna use. Uh, you gotta uh, be, use your own hand. That's dip your hand in the water and then just wipe it around there. But if wow. you're back there with a big, long brush, like I'm not giving you extra credit for that. That's no, no. I mean, I could, I don't know. I could say cooking, cooking's, um, uh, but the cooking's not a manly thing. I, you know, I, I don't know. Ribs. I, I, <laughs> cooking meats. Yeah. yeah. I, Grilling. I, I, manly. I mean, like for some reason, when you asked me this question, all I kept thinking of was you. And like standing out there with your flamethrower. Oh, like, yeah. That's like how I, I weed. I have a flamethrower. Like, like that's like doing things a manly way. Yeah. So if I was to answer this question, like the manliest thing that I do is probably open jars. Simply because I'm not trying to talk myself up here, but this is just like a statement of facts. Like I used to go rock climbing. So I have unusually strong hands yeah, from my pastimes. Yeah. <laughs> helps, helps out in other ways too. I'm not going to say that that wasn't a factor as well. Right. But I'm no. exercising every single day, right? One way or another, I'm working out the hands. And so I can usually open jars that other men cannot. That's interesting. That's, uh, yeah. We should try that someday. Like, what? what's give your it, jar opening technique for all of our listeners? Pure strength. Pure. See, but the thing is, is that a lot of people think that it's it's the forearms, right? But it's really the fingers. Like I rock climbed enough that my fingers look like muscular fingers. Like they don't look like other people's fingers. And that's really when you can get in there and twerk that. You can really crank on the jar. That's that's the only manly thing about me. Um, are you ready for your thing? You got your thing? Yeah, man. Let's give some shout outs. No, no special uh, designation. Just people who checked us out last week and. And get uh, get a special shout out here from me, which which matters more. Uh, all right, let's start with uh, Jasmine Clark. Appreciate you, uh, Freddie Atlas, Lorenzo, Francis, Braden Harbin. Hey, hey, let's try this. How about you name them, and I'll come up with a quick nickname right as you name them. Okay, start over. Oh my god, I apologize for everyone that I picked out this week. All right, uh, so starting over, uh, Jasmine Clark, Jazzy Clark. Oh boy, Jazzy, um, Freddie Atlas. Oh, Fredster. It's terrible. Lorenzo Good. Logo. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not Fran so bad. Francis Hoggins. The Hog. <laughs> uh, Braden Harbin. Braden. <laughs> Braden Harbin. Braden. I got nothing. I got nothing. 
We'll just call him uh, Brayton. How about that? Uh, Chris Chris Tamsberg. The Berg. Or at Tiger Tams. Love that. Uh, uh, here, here's one that's going to be hard for you. Arby Yarby. Arby's. <laughs> uh, Howard Blackman. Hobo. <laughs> Sorry, Howard Black. You, you're probably a good person. All right. Uh, what were that, you about to say? Well, what I, were you about to say? I was going to say you're probably not a hobo, but I, you, I didn't want to say that. You were going to say something racial because his last name is Blackman. I wasn't, no. I was not going <laughs> racial. I just wanted him to know that you weren't calling him a hobo. Uh, Daniel LaCroix. Mm, D-Lo. All right. And then uh, good luck with this one. Uh, just another prick. John Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. I kind of like that whole nickname thing. All right. We'll try it. We'll, maybe we'll do it again in another 150 episodes. Jesus Christ. Can't believe that. I know. All right. Uh, what do you think of uh, a hot dog bun sliced on the top? I think what what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean a hot dog bun sliced on the top? <laughs> what are you even talking about? All right, so you know how you you know how you buy a hot dog bun, obviously, right? And they're sliced on the sides. I I always actually thought of it as being sliced on the bottom. To be honest with you. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of sliced on the bottom if you think about it because of the way that they – well, it depends how they're packaged. depends specifically how you're holding the package. If they're flat down, then they would be sliced on the sides. You're correct. But if you were just holding the package vertically, they would be sliced on the bottom. I've always thought of them as being sliced on the bottom because I take them out of the package in which they would be sliced on the side. Then I turn them over so that the slice is on the bottom, and then I open it up and then put it in. So I've always thought of them as being sliced on the bottom. I I feel like this whole thing just went to shit because you thought about it too much. What was your question? I was going to ask you, which which do you prefer, hot dog buns that are sliced on the top or, I guess, on the bottom? I don't even know. I still don't know what the difference is. Like, what's the big deal? You just turn it around either way. Who gives a shit where it is? My question is, are they sliced on the side or on the bottom? I don't care if they're sliced the other way. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I Listen, I, I had t- I had top sliced hot dog buns and they were delicious this past weekend. So. I don't understand. Like there's <laughs> why would they be taste any different? So you're going to tell me that if like, wait, no, this manufacturer. Hey, guys. Brainstorm idea here. Slice them on top. They'll taste different. You're going to tell me that if those exact same hot dog buns, by slicing them differently, changes the taste of the hot dog bun. I mean, I mean, I found it that way, but I'm weird, I guess. I think you probably just were experiencing something new and decided like, oh, this must be different. Maybe I. Wow. Did you buy them specifically because they were sliced on top? I did. Yes. God, you're like the. You're like the guy in the marketing meeting where they're like, what can we do? We got no ideas for hot dog buns. I don't know. Just call them sliced on top and some jackass will buy them just for that. And here you come walking in. I and you know what? I'll give it I'll give it a spot. I, I will say go out and buy them, all our listeners. Give it a try if you want to. It's worth okay. it. Okay. It's well, worth change it. your life, I guess. I mean- <laughs> Are they more expensive? Uh, not that I, not the ones I got. 
I don't think they well, are. No, they shouldn't be more expensive. That would be a ridiculous thing. They were more <laughs> expensive. How much more? Okay. How much more would, since these were so good, according to you, how much more would you pay for them? Say $2 is the price of a hot dog a package of hot dog buns. $2 is standard price. How much more are you paying for top slice? Probably no more than a dollar. You get. <laughs> you got so bad. You're going to go. For people who can't see this, I wish you could have just seen Nick's reaction. Dude, that's price. ridiculous with money. I would go 205. You're going to pay I, an extra dollar? You're going to increase your price. Think of it in terms of percentages. You're going to pay 33% more so that the bun can be sliced differently. I mean, I really enjoyed it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'll go 210. I mean, I, I was going to say 250, and then I'm like, oh, he'll give me shit for going so low. So I, I'll spend up to a dollar. Oh, I thought you. Yeah, I would have gone 203 is the highest I would honestly go. <laughs> well, if this is the price is wrong, Bob. Nice. Terrible show. I never got that show, really. I never liked it that much. Bob. <laughs> is he dead? He's got to be dead. No, I, 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 I don't think so. Let's see. Quick pause, please. Quick Google search tells us that Bob Barker uh, is still alive. He is 97 years old. Wow. So he's reached that age where he's like so old you don't even hear about him anymore and you think <laughs> that he's dead. Well, good for him. Good for good for Kim. Keep on keeping on, Bob. He was the uh, host of Price of Right from '72 to '07. Good God! What's the headline when he dies? What's the joke headline when Bob <laughs> Barker dies? <laughs> I I don't I don't even know that he should have kept doing. Uh, it's not really a joke. He should have just kept hosting until he d- just died on set. I feel like that's what once you get to a certain year, number of years hosting a game show, they should just let you do it until you die on set. <laughs> I mean, Drew Carey is just not I've never been a Drew Carey fan. So Drew Carey's parents aren't Drew Carey's fans. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he is. Right. But like Pat Sajak, they should just let him like get sucked into that wheel and die. That's, that's that should be the natural part of it. That was actually that's my that was my next question. Staying on that was Jeopardy. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of their guest hosts. They've been pretty bad, in my opinion. Especially Doctor Oz a couple of months ago was terrible. Uh, what what would you do if you were like the you know NB or the head of of the the program? Would you fill it with some garbage ass BS celebrity, or just have a computer do it from now on? Uh, first of all, you get Lavar Burton. I, I don't think he's been on yet. I haven't seen him. If he if he has, that's the only that's that's the most normal choice. You take Levar Burton. He did Reading I'm, Rainbow. Other people who are younger may not remember him, but he was fantastic. Levar Burton should do Reading should do Jeopardy. That's the only that's the only person who did, who does it. I mean, now you know, or now a chick they're... with a really big rack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on to the uh, the the current event topic. Oh, okay. This one's this one's a fun one. Well, wasn't fun, I guess. But uh, did you see the headline this week uh, that the NBC's Ultimate Slip and Slide show had to halt production amid the reports of explosive diarrhea on set? 
No, I did not see those headlines. <laughs> and it was confirmed, by the way. This just isn't some BS article. Well, I think that'd be probably uh, pretty easy to confirm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the world we live in, I wanted to make sure I said that up to 40 crew members ended up uh, getting it. That's no joke, man. Those stomach parasites. Woo, I had one of those ones. That's kind of that is, wasn't a parasite. It was a stomach virus. That that will anything stomach related, whether it's getting stomach flu, any kind of stomach illness, getting punched in the stomach. Oh, your body does not like that. You don't mess with the stomach, man. Uh, so, so I like spicy food, right? So the next day is always pretty terrible for me if I have something really spicy. It's not. I don't even really know. Just saying it out loud, why it's even worth it. It's a second of pleasure and a light and, a, and, a, and hours of pain. <laughs> it's hours of pain, man. Hours of pain. So, what's your question? Am I surprised by this? I mean, just I, I guess it was just more of the absurdity because I, I don't think I've ever heard of any of, of anything happening like this where explosive diarrhea has shut down the production of a major TV show. Well, that'll do it. Is my <laughs> official comment. I don't really have anything else to say. Like, it, it wasn't really meant to be a question. It's just you know, uh, it came, statement. It came out last okay. week, and uh, it just caught my eye, and I, I wrote it down, and I'm like, all hmm. right, let's talk about explosive diarrhea on this show. We talk about literally everything else. Hey, we forgot about this last week. What's your candle of the month? <laughs> I can't believe that's still still a thing, but I appreciate all my followers out there who all one of you. Which might be, anyways. Uh, I can't believe one person actually looks forward to it. At least, you, like one person continually asks about your candle of the month, okay. which is incredible. And I and I hope they go by the suggestions and enjoy the month's fragrances. Okay, uh, what do you got? So let's see. So this month, uh, I haven't done it yet, um, but I, I bought some like summer summer flower uh, candles. So like daisies and uh, and lilac things like that, um, and uh, yeah, that's 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 that. How do you how do you not walk out of that store feeling like the world's biggest pansy? It's because of the pandemic, I, I haven't been inside of a, of a of a candle store since the pandemic. So I just there's great sales online. So yes, I do get. Six to ten at a time, but it's always like because of the sales. What's the most amount of candles you've ever bought at one time? It's not. I mean, I, I mean, that's not really a fair question. I, I think I bought uh, just shy of thirty one time, but they were like, <laughs> so it's, but they, but it was, it was, crazy? it was gifts and things. <laughs> I think I only kept like fifteen of the them. The only I should at this moment. Yeah, but like I said, I gave half of them away. Like, don't hate How on my. How much was that? What was your candle bill? I don't remember. I mean, it was in it was in the, in the three digits, but I don't remember. You might have spent four hundred dollars on candles. No, it's, I, if I'm thinking yes, back, you did. It, it might have been if like you spent if you bought thirty candles at ten dollars a piece. That's three hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I think it was like two seventy five or something. Well, that's a good discount on candles then. Okay. <laughs> don't you hate on my stargazer lily candle? All right, hibiscus too. I hibiscus smells delicious as well. So. Okay. All right. It's fun to say as well. It's funny how you started off asking me the most manly thing that I do, and now we're talking about candles. I want you to go back and check what that bill was. I bet it wasn't in the twos. I bet you spent at least $300 on candles that day. Just insane to me. That was before I had kids, so I was able to spend money on things. 
on candles you know, for my friends. Because <laughs> that's what because that's what I want as a twenty year old man. No, it wasn't candles. No. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Hey man, got your birthday present. What is it? Yankee <laughs> candle hibiscus. You're goddamn welcome. All right. Can I can I trade it for a fucking cigarette? <laughs> like a pack of cigarettes? No, one cigarette. Okay. I would trade it for one cigarette. I, I don't need it on smoke. fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take that, say thanks, and then watch your face as I threw it into the garbage can. And that, to me, would be the real present, is seeing the dejected look on your face as I threw your candle away. Oh, I, I can tell you the next time I see you in person, you're getting a candle. So, Okay, all right. I like a flower theme. I think a flower theme one, if you could. Uh, all right, are you ready for our top five? Uh, yes, I am, I think. Okay, so our top five is top five Western movies. What's yeah. your number five? What's your number five? Uh, no Country for Old Men. Uh, I guess that would be. I kind of expanded my list of the traditional Western as well. But I would say that maybe that's like, look, that's not Gunsmoke kind of Western, <laughs> but that is a that's a that's a good movie. The yeah, problem I mean, is a lot of people in my life like it way more than I do, so I refuse to watch it. <laughs> Here's the thing: is like I, I I'll come out right now and say that my list is pretty biased because I haven't seen a lot of the '40s, '50s John Wayne westerns. You know, who seen, has? I mean, probably no one that listens to this podcast. Think about that: that a movie that came out in the 1940s came out almost 80 years ago. It it. Yeah, it's it's incredible. That's insane to think that there's not very many people alive who probably saw that movie in the theaters. And not a whole lot has changed in 80 years, has it? It has, but it hasn't. Not really. Okay, that's your number five? Yeah. My number five is Fievel Goes West. Fido Goes West? Fievel. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Fievel? God dang it, dude. I thought that was going to be such a good joke. Fievel, the little thing about the stupid mouse. Nah, bro. I got nothing. (laughs) Sorry, I got nothing. Well, my number five is Fievel Goes West. That was ruined. (laughs) All right, well. I haven't even seen it. I just wanted to say it to see what you would say about it. I'm just going to move on. My number four is uh, a two-parter, same director, but it's uh, Django Unchained and then The Hateful Eight. Refuse to watch Quentin Tarantino movies, but I have always found them to be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you either really like it or you really hate it, and uh, I, I really like both those movies. Plus, I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan, and uh, he's in The Hateful Eight, and it's all good. Uh, my number four is Mad Max: Fury Road. Is it's kind of western if you think about it? <laughs> it's, but it's set in a, no, it's apocalyptic. It's not Western. Oh, I guess it would be more apocalyptic than it would be Western. But, I mean, if you want to go with the desert and the the sandstorm, sure. Why not? I'm not going to hate it. It kind of has, like, the Western feel to it. But, it, yeah, it should be more apocalyptic now that I think about it. <laughs> you know what? But I'm not off to a good start here. You get, some, you get credit for trying. Okay. What's your number three? Uh, Unforgiven. Oh, yeah. That's like. Yeah, man. That's has, a pretty good movie. Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman. It's uh it's a classic. Instant classic. Yeah. Uh my number three is Tombstone. 
All right, that that that's all my list, uh, but a little bit down the road here. So okay, all I right. Mean, if you're gonna put that as high as number one, I'm gonna have some questions. Oh well, uh, but what's your number two? <laughs> well, thank you for uh, completely ruining and uh, ruining it. Uh, I have True Grit as my number two. Which one? The first one or the second one? I mean, I have to go the second one, but I believe it's pretty pretty familiar with the the plot of the first one. So like, just it's just a remake. Okay, so if you're like a cinephile or a big movie expert, you're gonna do, you're, you can poke holes in this, but I believe it's almost exactly the same movie. I would honestly say I've seen both. That the second one is better. I'm I'm pretty impressed that you've seen it. To be honest with you, talk to me about Western Sun. That I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty impressed. And can I also say like if we were not doing movies, I would put uh, Westworld on here. But Westworld is obviously a TV show. My problem with Westworld is that I basically watched the first two seasons. It's one of these new kinds of shows to me where I'm not really interested in what's happening, like the plot. I'm not interested in the plot. I just want to know what the fuck is going on. That's what keeps like, what what is happening? (laughs) And that's the only reason I keep watching to eventually try to figure out. It's not like uh, Game of Thrones where like, okay, I know the plot and I'm interested in the plot. Like with Westworld, I just what what is going on? Just, just what the fuck is happening? I agree with you. What the fuck is happening? I agree with you, hundred, hundred percent. Right. Okay. Number two. Outlaw Josie Wales. Okay. Oh, you. First of all, never seen it. Never even heard of it. No matter. That's that's one of the quintessential Western movies. Even though it's probably not on very many people's overall like a movie experts' best of westerns, that is like the Western movie is the Outlaw Josie Wales. Oh, you know what? Actually, he no. spits on everybody. He's spitting chaw on everybody's face all the time. Who, like, is that? That's Eastwood, right? Yeah. Okay, that's all I know. I, I First of all, it. don't not know what the movie is, and then just use one word of somebody's name, like every like you're a seasoned <laughs> professional about it. I oh, that's C. That's that's CE, right? At least, at least, I'll get at least I tried to come up with something. You're over here. I, I don't really watch westerns, and you, you're First you, of all, you just I'm from Kansas, son. I've watched a lot of westerns. That's very true. Your mustache is looking good too. Look at that. I probably had a cowboy hat somewhere in my house. That means not the house I live in now, but the house I grew up in. I guarantee at one point I had a cowboy hat. Hundred percent chance. You're wearing your boots right now and your stirrups, stompers, and my assless chaps, baby. My number one is uh, Tombstone. Okay. Um, you know that's a posers. That's a posers choice, but <laughs> a popular one that I can understand, right? Like if you're not a real Western manly man, you would go with Tombstone. But uh, for me, I'm going to go with Blazing Saddles. All right. I mean, listen, if you're a Bon Jovi fan, that's that's all you, man. What are you talking about? Blazing Saddles. That he had uh one of his biggest hits came from that movie. From Blazing Saddles? Right? No, you have I have no clue what you're talking about. Nope, I'm completely None. wrong. <laughs> no, Blaze of Glory from Young Guns. Also yeah. uh never mind. Just edit Blazing that part Saddles out. is like a comedy movie, one of the greatest comedy movies of all time. You've oh never seen Blazing God. Saddles? How you did I never forget make... City Slickers? Yeah, I actually have that on my honorable mention is City Slickers. God, yeah, I, I blew it. Well, I didn't blow like my number one. I'm still pretty confident in my list, but yeah, I, I kind of blew it. 
for people who don't who can't see the 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 video version of this, John has on a shirt that says "Hardest Worker in the Room." Was that a gift, or did you buy that? Uh, it was a gift. Yes, for my a lovely, gift from you to you from my lovely wife. Thank you very much. Okay, she damn well knows you're not the hardest worker in the room. <laughs> she 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 appreciates everything I do for our family. I'm sure she does, but look, no offense to anybody. You can't buy a shirt that says hardest worker in the room in triple XL. It's not. It's only an XL, and it's fitting quite better now because I've lost 18 pounds, you fucker. Oh, really? That's nice. Good job. Proud of you. Not in my face, but, you know, everywhere else. I got I got one of these Fitbit things, and I... I, I Fascinating. Re- We'd all I, love to hear this story. Listen, maybe my I could offer inspiration to somebody. Okay, okay, you're right? right. You're right. You're right. I, I just I didn't realize working from home how sedentary I was. I might have gotten ten thousand steps in in a week. Now I'm getting ten to twenty every day. Dang, that's actually pretty good. Let's please let's fuck. do know what you know what. Let's do a weekly Fitbit update. I want to know every week how many steps that you have had. That that's fine. La- last week I was at ninety eight thousand. Damn, that's a lot of steps, bro. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you just sitting there on a stool though, lifting your calves up and down? <laughs> no, man. I'm uh uh no. I, I get I get up early in the morning when I'm up and I go outside and, and I, I jog around and then during the day on my lunch break, I, I jog around or when I you know, I just try to get steps in, man. Okay. All right. You become one of those people. Good. <laughs> just try it. Now you're going to go back to the office and you're going to be that person that's like step, like, like marching in place when I'm trying to talk to you. Like, I'll give him steps in. Oh, I, 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 I'm sufferable here in a little bit. I'm actually probably going to be that person. Yeah. So I know you are 100%. Like, I got to get my steps in. Can we walk and talk? Can we walk and talk? <laughs> like, God. How, many, how many change of clothes did you bring, John? Six. God. Why do you bring in 30 shirts? I go through five shirts a day sweating. This guy sweats oh. all the time. <laughs> this guy <just> nonstop. <laughs> we got to put a Anyways. towel in his chair. Anyways. Uh, okay. What's in your honorable mention? I don't have an honorable mention, to be honest. Okay. I've got some that are in there. Uh, I, well, True Grit's on my honorable mention. Uh, 310 to Yuma. Okay, Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah, that is Russell Crowe. Christian Bale, if I'm not mistaken. Christian Bale and that one crazy fucker who's always a crazy fucker in movies, but everybody's like, oh, that guy's such a good crazy guy. Danny Trejo. No, Ben something. He's like a white guy with like curly hair. Oh, He's always crazy, but he's a really good actor, but he's crazy. He's always the crazy guy. So he's like, oh, that's the crazy guy. Uh, McClinic, good movie. Ballard of Buster Buster Struggs, Sprugs? Ballard of Let me try this again. Ballard of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, net, movie on Netflix. It's pretty yeah, good. Netflix original. That's a good one. City Slickers, which you neglected. And I'm gonna hit you with this one. You ready? Back to the Future. Mm, I mean, it's a Western. Western. Uh, I, no, I wouldn't classify. I, I would. I I wouldn't be able to debate, edu- you know, educately against that. But I would. Uh, I would say it's not a Western. Okay, taking place taking place in the West, obviously, in the nineteen hundreds or eighteen hundreds, doesn't qualify it as a Western. Great. I I got I got nothing. I, <laughs> I... Okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like. 
download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Tombstone is, I mean, Tombstone's a good movie, right? It's a really good movie. But it's kind of like, it's a little too flashy. A little too flashy for like a good old Western, in my opinion. But let us know what you think are some of the best Western movies. I think they're set for a comeback. I think we're going to be seeing more Westerns coming coming, coming down the, down the, down the dock, down the, uh, what's the Western saying? Down the alley, down the corral, down the corral. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.